Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Welcome once again. Didn't PL do a great job in uh, choosing the music today? It just takes you into the presence of God. We're so thankful for Him, so thankful that you're here, and uh, we're very excited what God is going to do today. And um, we're going to finish our series today called Live Wire. We've been talking about the energy of God. There, there's, there's a weariness in the world right now. There's a weariness, a, a tiredness of another, another world event, another story, another pain, another moment of challenge where we look and... We have to trust in God, but people, whether they're saved or unsaved right now, are tired. And God says that he is the strength of our lives. There's a great promise that can mean in in spirit, soul, and body, God is the strength of my heart. Of whom shall I be afraid? God is the strength of my life. And he is. So today's message, we're going to finish up this series with reclaiming your power. This thing's been burning in me all week. I'm gonna begin with uh, John chapter 16 and weave in a couple other places. John 16, 33 from the Amplified says this, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. What about it being an uncertain world? I told you these things, Jesus said, so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence in the world, you're gonna have tribulation or trouble and trials and distress and frustration. Isn't that great news? Jesus already warned us, he already told us, you're gonna go through some stuff, but here, here. But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted. Jesus said, for I have overcome the world. I love this part. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. My friend, whatever you see going on the news, first of all, don't feed your mind on it forever. Watch a few minutes and turn the thing off. Get some good worship praise music. Get some good shows, some wholesome shows if you can find them. But at the end of the day, The world has no power to harm you or our brothers and sisters. Let's look at Luke Luke 10, 19. Again, the words of Jesus. Behold, I've given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions. I think this is the Amplified as well. And physical and mental strength and ability. Say it again. Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall in any way harm you. Serpents and scorpions in scripture, serpents always speak of evil forces with poison and scorpions speak of evil forces with pain. The sting of the scorpion. 
Finally, <clears throat> pardon me, Isaiah 54, 17. If you don't know this scripture by heart, if you're newer to things of God, you need to, you need to memorize it, you need to chew on it, you need to stand on it, and you need to understand what it's saying. So I'm gonna talk about it a little bit today, but here's the verse. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. The word prosper there means to accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. When God said he wants you to prosper, he's not talking about giving you gold-plated toilet seats and air-conditioned dog houses. He's talking about not avarice. He's talking about you having power to fulfill your purpose and every resource you need to fulfill your purpose in life. That's prosperity. If you get offended by the word prosperity, know that you shouldn't be because we're using it in the biblical sense, not in some crazy sense. We believe in abundance, but that abundance is the provision for your purpose. Say amen. amen. No weapon formed against you shall accomplish the purpose for which it was sent, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall ignore. Is that what it says? You shall put your fingers in your ears and pretend it didn't happen. No. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Let's pray together one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart? We thank you that your promises are yes and they are amen. And we worship you in this moment. Holy Spirit, open the eyes of our hearts. And everyone in this room and everyone connecting with us in our online campus, we believe for a shift and a change. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We talked last week about when faith catches fire. We said the anointing of God, we've been talking about it this month, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is the power, the strength, the energy of God. Many people are in energy crisis in their lives beginning with their spiritual lives. And it's time to get your fire back. It's time to get fired up. Now today I wanna to talk to you about the attitude of a live wire. What's the attitude of a live wire? Just so what does that mean to me? I get energy, what do I do with that energy? I get the energy of God, I get, the, I get God moving in me and through me. <clears throat> what does it mean? And I want to be very clear today. The very fact that you're anointed or endued with the power of the Holy Spirit is supposed to have strong and lasting effects on your everyday life, your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday life, not just your Sunday morning life. This isn't about you getting blessed to get a goosebump and go, ooh, that was good. Oh, I had a good experience today. And then the enemy just hits you with everything to the kitchen sink tomorrow. No. When you know and the word know in scripture is about understanding and walking in something. When you know the truth, you'll be set free. Or let me, let me say it this way. To the degree you know, understand, and walk in the truth, you are free. He that goes in the word, James 1, he that looks in the word is like a man looking in the mirror who sees his face and remembers who he is. But if you put it away and forget what you heard and don't apply it to your life, you're, you're, you, the Bible says that the, the man who walks away and doesn't do anything with it is, is deceiving himself. You've got to apply this thing into your life. 
You gotta do more. I love the amens in the morning. I love the amens in the service. But I'd rather, what I wanna see more is the amens in the afternoon as you go, you know what? That's something that was preached or declared or that the word says or God is speaking to my heart that I can actually, I need to use that today. I need to do something with that today. Now let me make it clear. Not every bad thing in the world is directly caused by the devil or demonic forces of evil. Some people see demons everywhere. But some certainly is. Some of the mess is demonic. Now in a sense, all wickedness and earthly difficulty is a consequence of the fall of Adam and original sin that corrupted the world. So it's all rooted in evil in that sense. But the gospel in its simplest form is simply this. God made a perfect world. Sin and Satan messed it up. Jesus came to fix it. And now you and I can live in his power closest to the way God intended life to be in the first place. So, uh, you, you, you ever you see people, uh, I'm living my best life. I'm living my best life. Oh, oh, good, are you, sweetie? Good, we're glad you're living your best life. What does that mean to you? Well, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Well, well, good, good. What does that mean to you? What it can only mean is not that you, just that you're going well that you're doing well, that your life is moving well, it's got to mean that it's centered in the only thing that can turn this whole thing around and the only one who ever did, it's Jesus. That he's the center of your life, the center of your purpose, the center of your focus, and we've got to raise our families like that. Got to get that inside of your life that the word of God is not some ancient textbook that we blow the dust off of and say, well, you know, well, here's, here are the ancient texts where Jesus of Nazareth spoke. He did, but it's a love letter. It's heaven's instruction manual. It's a love letter from the Father saying, this is how life works best. This is how you can navigate this stuff. Too many Christians have settled for less than God's best and most perfect will, purpose, and plan for their lives. Why? Quite frankly, it's the path of least resistance for a minute. Because you find on the other end of it, you, you, you've been serving the wrong master. A lot of people say you got to Go along to get along and get along to go along. You, gotta, you, gotta, you just got to cooperate with the status quo. Like you're not going to change anything. This is the way the world is. And this is what, and this is what we've got to talk about it. We've got to talk about it as the church. Recently I read a quote from Jack Hayford in a devotion I read the other day from Dutch Sheets. And this is very, very powerful. He said, the quest of Jesus Christ on the earth is greatly crippled by wrong notions of the sovereignty of God. Jack Hayford said that like 30-something years ago. Dutch Sheets followed up with this statement, quote, the underlying premise is that due to their concept of God's sovereignty, many Christians believe God always gets what he wants and that his desire will always be accomplished regardless of our actions. This belief controls most believers and is manifested in many ways, not the least of which is passivity and complacency. And isn't that the truth? Used to be a song when I was a kid by sweet old Doris Day. 
Okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be. When you just sing it and flow with it. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. Somebody's singing the next part of their song. <laughs> My friends, even the lost, but also the church, have created false versions and narratives of a false theology that is not based upon the Bible being the word of God. And what they, what they say is things like, you'll hear them, well, I just believe things will all work out the way they're supposed to be. I believe, I believe even though I just made a horrendous decision and did something completely stupid that messed up my life, I believe it's all gonna be okay because it really doesn't matter what we do. Hey, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. And it's a lie. But you know people who believe it and you may be one of them. It's supposed to, it's gonna work out the way it's supposed to be. My question is according to who, or sorry, English teachers, whom? <laughs> this is one of the things that came up in my spirit the other day. You are a live wire, stop acting like a burnout. Now you may not know what a burnout is. Today, burnout is a psychological term used for people who overworked until they reached their 40-somethings and suddenly they got tired and decided to leave everything and go to a commune. They burned out. <clears throat> In the 70s, we had burnouts. I went to school with them. They were the ones that Let's just say they had imbibed too much weed. Some of you might remember the classic film, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. The, the, the epitome of the burnout is Jeff Spicoli, Sean Penn's character in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Please watch the edited version. He was a surfer, dude. Oh, oh, wow. Wow, dude. It's gnarly. These were the burnouts of my generation. The problem is the false doctrines of demons have created a generation of passive believers, too accepting, too tolerant of the consequences of living in a lost and broken culture often cloaked as compassion, yet accepting of the dictates of sin and immorality as normal. My Bible says that Jesus told us that in his name, we will cast out demons. I couldn't find the word babysit them in there. Couldn't find the phrase babysit. And, and, and in my name, they shall babysit demons <clears throat> and try to go along to get along, not become controversial. Cast out means to evict, 
to legally throw out of your house or your life. Eviction notice. Mark chapter 3 verse 27 tells us how. Jesus said, no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. And then he will plunder his house. Plunder, plunder. The plunder from down under. Plunder. That means go in to the house, evict, and take back what, he, what was stolen from you. Finding the thief. Let, let the thief who's caught steal no more. Let him pay back reparations of sevenfold. What does it mean to bind the strong man? <clears throat> to bind means to tie, some, tie up someone, to restrain, restrict, or handcuff, or to cut off their mobility. Or I would even say bind as in the word boundaries. You have to declare what's out of bounds to you. Because whatsoever things you bind on earth, Jesus said, they will be bound in heaven. The power to bind and loose is in the keys of the kingdom given to the church, given to you and me. And whatever you don't bind is loosed. Whatever you don't tie up, bind, restrict, restrain, or handcuff, <clears throat> will have its free reign on you. Well, that's for famous preachers, pastor. That's for spiritual giants. No. Psalm 149 talks about, the whole Psalm 149 is all about worship and praise and the power of our praise. Verse six, it says, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. What's the two-edged sword? The word of God. Verse eight tells us what it's for. To bind their kings or principalities with chains and their nobles or powers, their nobles with fetters of iron, to bind, to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all the famous preachers. Is that what it says? <clears throat> this honor have all the spiritual giants. This honor have all the saints. Now, let me just clarify. If you're from a Catholic background, you may think a saint has to be voted in or chosen by the Pope. But the Bible says when you're sanctified, you're being sanctified in him, <clears throat> you're already a saint. Don't have to be from New Orleans. But we have this predominant view in the church right now and I want to declare this to you. The kingdom of God is not a fort that needs holding. The kingdom of God is not a fort that needs holding. We've had, even back when I was coming up as a young Christian in the 80s, there was this hold the fort mentality. And then revival began to hit in the late 80s and God started dealing with stuff in the, in the church first. And then in the world, and it was an awakening. It's a move of the Spirit of God to say, no, no, no. No, you don't, you don't hold the fort. We had this, I heard preachers say it. We hold the fort till Jesus comes. That's not the kingdom we live in. 
That's not the intention of the kingdom. It is always forcefully advancing no matter what it takes to move forward. The kingdom is unchangeable, but it morphs. It changes, it can change form. We can talk about fire this month and water next month and it's still the kingdom moving. We can talk about this or that or the other. <clears throat> the kingdom, it, it becomes whatever it needs to go forward. The kingdom of God is simply God's way of making things happen and it will always advance. I read the scripture the other day and I read it from many translations, but it just, it just hit me. I've probably read it hundreds of times. In the story of David wanting to fight Goliath, he goes out to get the blessing of the king. He can't fight the giant unless the king signs off on it. Especially he's not even, a, he's not even in the army. He's not even a soldier. He's a young man, a teenager. And King Saul says to him, look, this guy, is a, he's, a, he's a weapon himself. This guy's been a, he's been a ultimate fighting machine since he, since he was born. He's almost 10 feet tall. And you're just a kid. I want you to see the attitude of a live wire. I've got it from the Message Bible because I think it just kind of brings it out more. David says to the king, I've been a shepherd tending sheep for my father. Whenever a lion or bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I'd go after it. I'd go after it, knock it down and rescue the lamb. We're talking about lions and bears. I'd go after it, knock it down, rescue the lamb. If it turned on me, I'd grab it by the throat, wring its neck and kill it. He's not talking about a piglet or a chicken. He's talking about lions and tigers and bears. Yeah, thank you. He's talking about ferocious beasts. If it turned on me, he says, O king, I'd grab it by the throat. I'd wring its neck and kill it. Lion or bear, it made no difference. I killed it. And I'll do the same to this Philistine pig who is taunting the troops of God alive. My friends, that's the language of going on offense. That is the, that is the attitude of a live wire. That is somebody's not sitting there passively, life is going by and we're gonna sing kumbaya. Or we're gonna, we're gonna praise the Lord and pretend nothing bad's going on. So we'll just, we'll just praise the Lord and we'll ignore the world. <laughs> At your own detriment. I finish this month with this thought. You have the power to break evil assignments. You have the power. Pastor, don't you need to pray for me? I'm praying for you right now that you have the power to break evil assignments off of your life. You have the power to break assignments off of yourself and even to help others. Jesus won the victory completely and totally, but you are the enforcer. And I believe God is saying it's time to reclaim your power and authority in Jesus' name. I was having a conversation with somebody recently and we were talking about someone needs Jesus. 
And this person said, well, he's got Jesus. He just needs more Jesus. And I said, he's got enough of Jesus to go to heaven, but not enough to bring heaven to earth. We need to be surrendered and submitted, sold out to God. There are a few kingdom principles to accomplish this, but I wanna say, I wanna, I wanna warn you, these are not formulas. These are principles. This is not a recipe. This is, you start with really giving your whole self to God. That's the key. Your authority always starts with submit yourself therefore unto God. What does it mean to submit to him? God, I surrender. So we started with in this service. I surrender. You're in charge. Lead me. I'll go anywhere you want me to go. I'll do anything you want me to do. I'll say anything you want me to say. I'll talk to anybody you want me to talk to. Submit yourself unto God. Then the second part of that in James is resist the devil and he'll flee. Now I wanna say something here. We don't always need to overanalyze the specifics of demonic roots or activity to deal with the strong man. Say, bind the strong man. In the, in, the, um, in the 80s when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, someone gave, me a, someone gave me a book called Pigs in the Parlor. It was a charismatic book. It was real popular in the 70s. And it was a teaching on demon strongholds. And, and at the end of the book, it gave you pages and pages of, and, and, and this problem is related to this spirit and this spirit has this as a strong man and, and the strong man is this and this. And I had a lady come to me one time when I was on staff in Orlando and she came and, and she handed me the book, which I was already familiar with the book. And she said, I need you to cast out the de demons in my life. And she said, they're on page 128. I said, well, let's, let's put aside the book for a moment. What are we talking about here? She said, I've got a spirit of slumber and a, and a, and a, and a, and a spirit of uh, gluttony. She was a thin woman. I said, okay, <clears throat> tell me, why, why do you feel you have a spirit of slumber? She said, God keeps telling me to get up and pray early in the morning. And I get up and I fall asleep. I said, ma'am, that's called human. That's not, that may not be a spirit at all. That may be your flesh. And I can't cast out your flesh. Why, why, why are you, why are you, why do you have a spirit of, why do you have a demon of gluttony? She said, because I keep eating foods that I, I, I just like the taste of them. I said, well, I may have you pray for me before this is over. See, the problem is we start to overanalyze stuff. <clears throat> and, there, and I will say this, I wanna say this and qualify. There are things and moments where you need a specialist. And there are people that can move in that and we believe in that here and we can help point you in the right direction. But that's not the average, that's not the norm. Here's the norm. Enforce your blood-bought victory from Jesus and reclaim your power. Everybody say this after me. No. no. Yeah, say it after me. Say, no. no. 
I'm asking you to please just say, no, no, no. No can be the most anointed and empowering word. One translation says, yell a loud yes to God and a loud no to the devil. Sometimes you have to get in a place by yourself and determine what you're going to say yes to and what you're going to say no to, what you're going to bind and what you're going to loose, what you want your life to look like and what you refuse it to go in the direction of. But you have that power. You have that authority in Jesus' name. So here's the deal. Submit to God, resist the devil, bind the strong man, rebuke it, renounce it, break its influence, cast it out, plunder his house, clean up your life, stand on your victory in Jesus' name and do whatever it takes. Don't need to say it again? Submit to God, resist the devil, bind the strong man, rebuke it, renounce it, break its influence, cast it out, plunder his house, clean up your life, stand on your victory in Jesus' name, do whatever it takes. That's, listen, that, that's Bible stuff. That's, that's not, and you say, well, what, what order was that in? I don't care. <laughs> it starts with, no, I'm not doing that. My kids are not going that way. No. Yes, God. Whatever you want. I'll finish where we started, Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue rising against you in judgment you shall condemn. Here's what condemn means. Condemn, I love this. Condemn is a legal term. It means to make trouble against, agitate, or cause a commotion or disturbance, to pass judgment on as in a legal matter, or declare to be false, incorrect, or out of order, or illegal. No weapon is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue rising against you in judgment, you shall make trouble against, agitate, or cause a commotion or disturbance. You shall pass judgment on it as in a legal matter, or declare to be false, incorrect, or out of order. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you have to do that. When is the last time you actually made a commotion or disturbance over the evil assignments of the enemy? The darkness has become more aggressive. Has anybody noticed? And the church has sat back and whined. Thank God, not this church. But the body of Christ, a lot of it, has sat back and whined and complained and just prayed for Jesus to come. And I want him to come too. But he didn't say to look to escape. He said to look for his deliverance, which begins with your declaration and your shift of attitude, the attitude of a live wire. When is the last time you made a commotion or disturbance over the enemy? You shall condemn. Something's going on in your life? We, the jury of this house, find that that statement from hell is a lie. 
and we decree it is illegal and has no power over us in Jesus' name. We the jury, we the people, we the family of God have made a judgment and we say no. Finally this, when you have troubles or challenges over which you feel powerless, even Jesus said, speak to them. Tell your problems Jesus sent you with their eviction notice. Tell the forces of hell, not in my house. We serve you notice. You have no power here, you're not welcome here, and you're not gonna influence us here. You're not gonna cause this division, dissension. You're not gonna cause this evil. You're not gonna cause a ruckus. You want a ruckus? I'm the ruckus. Speak to your mountain. Move out of the way in Jesus' name. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, we ask you more than inspiration. We ask you for breakthrough power that all the stuff going on around us and in our lives, even the turmoil that tries to come against us sometimes, Father, I pray for every person watching, every person listening, every person in this room or wherever you are, that the fire of God, the energy of the Holy Spirit, the anointing from heaven would fill you afresh in such a way that you would never be passive again, that you would never simply accept the status quo and say, well, whatever will be. I just believe it'll all work out. Lord, we thank you because of you. We believe that your word says that all things will work together for those who love the Lord and those who are called according to your purpose. And you're working in that way, so you will turn it for our good, but it's not automatic. It's when we make decisions. Today, we speak to the mountains of debt and lack and poverty. We speak to the mountains of division and anger. We speak to the mountains of false religion and racism. We speak to the mountains of political division. We speak to the mountains and we bind you, we handcuff you, we break your power, we break your hold, we break the super sensitivities of this world and we declare that our God reigns, that Jesus is king, and that he is alive and he is large and in charge and he, every place that, that his people are is yielded to him. Today, Father, we thank you that your word is true. And you've given every one of your people power over their problems. In the name of Jesus, we take back our power today. We take back the authority of Jesus that's been given to us. We take back the keys of death and hell and the grave. We take back the keys of fear. And we say, fear, no. Fear, no. We're not afraid of the future. Our future is already secure. Our future is already set. Our eternity is set. We're blessed. We proclaim today, we're redeemed of the Lord and we say so. That's what the Bible says. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's all I'm preaching today. If you're redeemed, 
Say something. If you're redeemed, speak it. This week, tell three people. This week, tell three people, not in this room. In this week, tell three people out there in the world that you're redeemed and what that means to you. You have to say it like that. I'm redeemed. No. You can say, I got a different spirit. I got a, I'm not relying on all that stuff. You know, it's not hard right now to get people to start talking about the problems in the world. You basically have to say, hello, how are you? And they'll start telling you, well, well Vladimir Putin this and this thing that and, and the, the government's this and that problem's over here. And I tell you, the answer's never gonna be in that stuff. The answer is found in one, and his name is Jesus. But you might head and close your eyes for a moment, one more time. So I wanna pray for you. Father, reveal Jesus to every person whose head is bowed, every person whose heart is open, every person who has a desire to know what you think, what your will is, and find your best for them. Lord, bless and pour out your spirit in Jesus' name. If you're here today, maybe you've been away from God for a while. Maybe you, there was a moment where you were saved and you served him, but for whatever reason, the world came along with its aggressive self and got a hold of you and turned your heart looking at other stuff. Right now, this is your day of salvation. This is a day of turning. This is the moment where you get, your, you get filled again. You get filled fresh with the Holy Spirit, but you have to ask. You have to open your mouth. You have to do something by faith. Jesus always gave people an instruction, gave them a trigger point. He said to uh, the man with the withered hand, stretch out your hand. And as he stretched it out, it was healed. He could have said, I don't want to stretch it out. And he would have gotten nothing. Jesus said to, to people, go show yourself to the priest. He said to the, to the people, the men with leprosy, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were healed. I'm telling you right now, the redeemed of the Lord have to become more active and bold. If you're here today and say, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life, maybe for whatever reason, you know that you haven't really been living strong for him. I want you to put your hand up in there right now. I want to pray for you right now. Put your hand up and keep it up. Put your hand up and keep it up. That's you. If that's you, if that's you, say, say, and you're saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to know him in a real way. I want to, I want to make sure that my life is right. I want, I want his passion in me. If your hand is up, I want to pray for you right now. Hands are going up all over. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for everyone whose hand is up, whose heart is open. I pray, God, that you reveal Jesus to them and through them this week. We bind, handcuff every demonic force that's been swirling around them. And we silence the enemy with our praise. We drown out the voices of darkness by lifting our own voice in worship. And Lord, I pray for everyone whose hand was up in, at home as well, not just in this room, but I pray that you would do a mighty miracle, a mighty work this week, a breakthrough work to confirm your word this week, to show them that shift is taking place. Everybody pray this with me out loud right now. Everybody just say, Jesus, I ask you now to fill me fresh 
with your Holy Spirit. Change me from the inside out. Let the spirit of boldness be upon my life to speak forth your promises. Fill me now, I ask you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give God praise right now. Come on, put your hands together. You receive that word. Lord, we bless you today. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.